Hello. We are Two Blacks and a Mexican. I'm Chris. I'm Tawny. I'm Miles. So as everyone knows, uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away um, recently, and uh, it all it hit us all really hard. Um, we were part of like a group text where the three of us kind of just talk about movies and what we have, uh, what we want to do next, what we want to talk about next, some things we will never talk about on the show, just having fun. And um, as we've sort of been unpacking our own thoughts around um, losing someone who was so special, um, we decided we wanted to do an episode about the movie that most people know him for and um, one of the movies that we really love. Um, and so this is your one of our favorite movies, but it's not racist. <laughs> we decided that. Um, we just want to talk about it. Um, and so we're going to spend this week talking about Black Panther. Um, this is a movie by Marvel Studios, our first Marvel movie that we've talked about. Um, it came out in 2018 and uh, stars Chadwick Boseman, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, was directed by Ryan Coogler and um, is uh, was a really special movie in the Marvel canon. And we'll get to why that's why it's so special soon, but. Um, I think we want to start off just talking about Black Panther as a film. Um, and so when y'all reflect on Black Panther, um, what are some things that y'all really, uh, that really make you love that movie? So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about something that I'm going to guess that was not at the top of either of your lists, which is, um, the fashion, the, the costume design. Um, I can't think of a movie in recent memory that every single time I watch it, I notice some new detail about the way the fashion not only just exists and is fabulous and spectacular, but also highlights some element, some different element um, of like what it means to be human. And that sounds like grandiose maybe, but like I was just watching, I watched Black Panther probably like, I don't know, maybe 12 times this weekend. <laughs> just kind of on repeat and the scene, you know, where they show all the tribes and they're, you know, T'Challa is about to be sort of officially selected and they're all sort of doing the roll call. And it's just like every single uh, group has its aesthetic and you can see that it's all part of a grander aesthetic, like a bigger picture of what, of what it means to be African. And you can see that there's, there's a, a continuous note, but everything, like every single group has its own thing. And there's just something that's so special about the costume design, the artistic design. I think Ruth Carter is her name. Um, and, and, and the beauty and the way that Afrofuturism, which I'm sure we'll talk about, like as this episode goes on, is represented in this film in such a beautiful way and in mainstream American culture. And it's just just like, ugh. So my thing was fashion. No, I'm just <laughs> Stop it, <laughs> <But>, Miles. Uh, <laughs> um, no, like I was telling Chris, like when this movie came out, I think I saw it in theaters like five times. I think, like it was like excessive. Like when, like, like, and we we talked about like how this is not like a perfect film, but it just makes you feel good. Specifically, if you're you know black, I would obviously but for me like watching this film like there was there's this thing like growing up like i grew up like uh 
half and half. Like I grew up in like, I'm from like the east side of Detroit, like the poorest side of Detroit. Then I moved to Chicago, lived in like some super white suburbs. Then I lived in like the city, which if you're from Chicago, you know what the city means. (laughs) But I've kind of lived in on both sides of the spectrum as far as being pretty poor and being okay. And I think like growing up like as a black kid and um, being in a predominantly white neighborhood, it wasn't cool to be like, it was cool to be black. Like the black kid is always like, like assumed to be the cool kid or whatever. Or at least when no, I was growing up, like that's yeah, how I was. That, dude, totally, like, I totally, you don't even have to explain. Like if anyone yeah. tries to pretend that you're like, that's some simplification. No, that's accurate. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you, they, they would look to me for the slang, for the cool shit. Like, Oh, you know, all the rap songs. It's like, Okay, like that's sort of your role, like mm-hmm. being in that environment. But the thing that's not cool is being associated with Africa as a, uh, like the, the member, like I don't know if you remember the growing up, just the African booty scratcher thing was like a, a huge. I remember that. That was like always a yeah. tease. Like the kids that there were, there would like be like one or two kids that would be like maybe Nigerian or something you grow up with. And they would get it bad because it was uncool to be from mm. Africa and to be extremely dark and to look and to have those African traits that, you know, us in America, black people in America, we don't all have that uh, uh, that lineage where we're like directly from Africa. We're, we're mixed with a ton of different things. So we look a little bit different than they look, but you can obviously tell we're the same that like this movie made that the coolest shit ever Mm -hmm. is being from Africa, which is something that growing up, like you feel self-conscious about being in a room full of like, uh, uh, just white kids and you're the only black person there. When they start talking about American history or Africa or slavery, it's embarrassing. Like you don't want to have that discussion and you don't feel there's a sense of pride. That's not there. Like as a kid, and this movie, I feel like, made uh, Africa be like you saw it all over the place. Like people were, you know, obviously wearing the, the costumes and stuff from the movie, but I saw so many people just wearing African garb, like to the movie itself, where I've never seen that before. Because in our community, it's not really up until this point, it wasn't really that cool to wear. Because if you did, you were just a conscious brother, like wearing yeah. the kufis with the like, the you know, you was on some yeah. like, yeah, the cloth and stuff. Like you were just a conscious dude, like trying to wear. Now it's like, no, that's not the stigma. Like this movie made it cool to not only be black but just be African in general. But yeah. great movie. No, I mean, um, yeah, amen to all that. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, like. The story is is so was so unexpected for me to see in a Marvel superhero movie to be talking about the African diaspora and to be talking mm-hmm. about like the pain of being um, connected to a place that is so deeply important to the entirety of human civilization, but to also feel so disconnected from it and for it to also be like a a negative label and trying to like, there's so many layers to, to the story in itself that make this a special film. Like 
it's hard to find films about that, let alone superhero films. You know what I mean? Um, and I think the other thing that I, I really want to call attention to is the score. The score to this, <laughs> the score to Black Amazing. Panther is the best score in Marvel, period. Like, full stop. I never remember. The only the only score I remember that I sort of, because I, I remember movie scores. And uh, none of the standalone Marvel movie scores do I really remember. Guardians of the Galaxy you know, kind of like a soundtrack, basically. But oh, yeah. uh, but scores. I remember the Avengers main theme that that kind of rings. That's in my head. that 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 score is amazing. The Sylvester, yeah, yeah, the Sylvester <laughs> theme for the main Avengers is amazing. But as far as yeah. standalone films, I never remember that stuff except for Black Panther and that you know uh, that Wakanda arrival theme. The uh, the music that plays when uh, Koye is is wrecking shop with that spear in the club that scene um, i rewound it and watched it like three times in a row the other yeah. day because i was like yeah. it's so fucking good that, uh, yeah uh, 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 and it's just that beat you know Lud- ludwig Lud- uh what's his name ludwig Gorenson. um that dude is Gorson, yeah. he's like becoming Amazing. the new yeah he's because he he's he's i think he did tenet now too and he's doing like more and more films but he did the score for creed as well and creed had a dope score i think he works with ryan coogler a lot and um, yeah, that, he also did uh, Redbone too uh, for Childish Game. Oh yeah, oh, man, he did really? a lot of yeah, he did a lot of stuff on that album. He's I, I'll send you guys a video yeah. later. Like that dude is he's fire. ridiculously yeah. talented. He did the Mandalorian yeah. score too, which is the first time that Star Wars yeah. had new music that sounded good to me. <laughs> um, dude is killed and so the the score is just so iconic to me like the scene when, when Killmonger takes the throne and they just got that 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 beat like it's just so like so it adds so much yeah it adds so many layers it's that perfect mix of hip hop and then an actual kind of uh, orchestral score um, but then like yeah. which is a perfect mix for a movie that is sort of this, this bridging of um, cultural identities yeah, two worlds is like yeah. it blends what we created here as black people in America and what our ancestors created. And it's like, yeah, this is what you guys were separate, but this is, you know, what you guys contributed to your culture that you both share. It's so good. And it's yeah. like, it's so fire. Yeah. You know, and I like when I try to explain, and I don't really even know why I'm still trying to explain this to people, but like when people are like, just because of the color of your skin. And I'm like, wait a minute, let's just, racism is not literally about skin color. <laughs> and as soon as we can talk about that, honestly, which is because of the color of my skin. No, that's not, that's actually not what it is. Can we talk about coding and like cultural coding? And it's this thing of like, but it, here's the thing is like, I don't really buy it when people pretend that they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And um, to see, to see black culture glor- so gloriously, coded um in a way that like somehow still worked in the mainstream it was just a feat you know like there was you know and i think that was one of the because i think it did it come out in 2018 yeah like um it was one of the first movies because i i lost i lost all of my movie collection in the divorce I had to buy everything again. Oh my gosh! Because I, Damn, yeah, I lost everything. I lost <laughs> everything because it was all on Amazon, and um, uh, and it was his account. Got you. 
And so I had to, I've had to rebuild my collection from scratch. And one of the very like, man, let me get that login. I bought. I know, I know. It's, no, you know, he changed it's the over. password like pretty much right away. Because and, and most of those movies were mine. <laughs> they were movies Petty. you didn't even watch. Petty. But That's like uh, right there, one of the yeah. one of the first movies I bought was Black Panther, and um, you know I remember being like, "Kids, sit down, we're watching this." You know, like, but just I I can't even yeah. <laughs> just I can't even, and I'm not you know I'm not trying to put myself at the upper center, but um, but man, that movie means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah um... I think, yeah, as a film, like, and I'll, I'll, I'll take a brief moment to sort of talk about the things that it's shortcomings only because I think it's shortcomings speak more to what the culture around the film became. Um, the biggest thing that we've talked about or that I've talked to people about that Black Panther is lacking is the, the CGI heft that Marvel movies tend to have in the third act a lot of the CGI elements don't really work. And I didn't learn until recently that part of the reason for that was that um, some of the animators and VFX artists that were working on Black Panther were pulled over to work on Infinity War, which was the next Marvel movie that was coming out. And understandably so, that's the big one, right? But Infinity War, Black Panther ended up being one of the biggest movies of all movies of all time, not Marvel movies as far as box office goes. And so it's kind of funny to think that Marvel didn't fully have like faith in that film being as big as it was because they were like, yeah, let's, let's just, let's, let's get to the big movie. Like, I mean, you know, and so part of the reason why, cause, cause in my head, I'm like, why, why, why is the CGI in this towards the end? Not very good when Marvel movies have literally created whole characters out of CGI that walk around and feel like you could touch them like Thanos. Right. Um, and to learn that like, Oh, it's because the resources weren't the same. It's like, of course they weren't. And I try not to hold that against Marvel. Cause you got the, you, you got a movie that's the biggest movie you've ever done. Of course you're going to pour your resources into it. But it's kind of interesting to think like the one thing that people sort of knocked that movie on is something that was kind of sh- stripped away from it mid midstream. Um, and I mean, there's other things, obviously you could, you could sort of poke at, but when we talk about a movie that's so well acted where the supporting cast is just as valuable as the main character, one of the best casts, maybe the best cast in all of the Marvel movies. So many like badass women, like that's such a, that's such a striking, and I, again, I watched it a bunch of times, and I was just like, his whole fucking support is women, like his mom, his sister, the Dora Milaje, Nakia, like it's all women, it, and it's that's fucking awesome. I felt like there's a, like specific scenes in this movie where the acting is incredible, and it's a lot of it is by the women to me in the movie, like. Um, Okoye is my favorite character in the movie, period. Like, hands down, over Black Panther. That's my favorite <laughs> character in the movie, hands down. Like, she is a force in the movie to me. And, I mean, she's just a phenomenal actress right. anyway. Right. Um, uh, deny it. But, uh, yeah, like, that was one of the things that I, I forgot to mention was, like, just the 
the the the level of female empowerment like in this movie is head and shoulders above anything what they tried to do with Captain Marvel and you know with other things like this doesn't feel like they're trying to pander at all to like cuz I feel like there's times where they maybe do a lot to try to cover a quota of saying well here you go girls here's your movie mm-hmm. or here's your character <laughs> i don't feel like that was done here at all i feel like these these characters are significant to him he can't he can't do what he does without them and it's there's an there's something of a like there's something of an existential urgency to to their interactions with each other and the way they interact in the world that i think very much is an echo of what black women face like in just in their in life like in daily life there's like this i was just thinking of the scene where okoye is like all fucking torn up because you know killmonger's just defeated chala and she's like i'm loyal to the throne and you can see that like she's fucking upset about it and you know and eventually obviously it changes but it's just like you can feel it you know and and god damn it what gorgeous casting like perfect just just that scene like with the, the the performance between those two and that scene is is incredible i mean there's quite a few scenes where uh i feel like the women steal the show for me in this movie uh, i feel like they're the highlight and it, the 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 way that it's shot it almost feels like an ensemble like it's called black panther but a lot of the yeah a lot of the pieces around him are you know incredible and to me, I know everybody made a big deal about like Killmonger and everything, which I honestly personally feel like is the weakest performance. Um, but I like his character. And I, I don't think he gave a bad performance. I'm just in comparison to what I feel like uh, Deny and Lupita is doing like in that movie. Like I've, I think their performances like uh, outshine like a lot of the male performances in, in my opinion, like, uh, just like that, that was, I think that when I walked away from the movie, I just was like, man, like the acting is never this good in these movies to me. Like I don't ever feel, and obviously maybe there's some bias in this because it's about, you know, my people low key, (laughs) like, but like, I just feel like the performances were like powerful, like in, in scenes where I was like, man, this is like a, emotional scene like it gets actually emotional i think there's something to say for like when a movie really means something that's like beyond just like heroes are great and (laughs) you should be good to people like this is a movie that took (laughs) this is a movie with political strains in it and it like in terms of politics i think this one like just there was more emotional fodder you know and and the actors really could bring that like this thing of like, I believe in this thing um, to the role, to, to roles more than if you're just, you know, playing um, star Lord thrusting his hips to come and get your love. (laughs) A lot of the Marvel movies are, we have to save the world and who the hell has to save the world on a daily basis? Nobody like it's fun to watch and it's extremely entertaining. These, this movie dives into some like uh, heavier social problems that specifically black people can identify with in America. Like, yeah, this is 
this is what, you know, America refuses to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about it in a superhero movie. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. great. And it, there's so many times where, again, like a lot of other Marvel movies, great movies. I love them. They're not talking about like, I suppose some of them are like hitting on some serious things. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess if you really like wanted to pick through, like even with Thanos and like, yeah. it's there population control yeah. and genocide. But those are the best ones. Like, those are the best ones. Even it, if black Panther yeah. is better, those are the ones like, like, you know, winter soldier tapping into national security um, Thanos tapping into like what it means to be, to, to deal with a, a, a world too big. Like those are the best Marvel movies. And there's a reason it's because they're not your typical, I got powers now and I have a responsibility to save the day. Like that, that's overdone. Like, like T'Challa, like that, the story in Black Panther is so. It's like, um, what is right? Like what is right? Exactly. Like, what is the right thing? Because the armed uprising is what Killmonger it, was, was talking about. And that's something that plenty of black folk want to happen. So like something that's happening right now, low key, like, yeah. not even low key. There's literally like a race war, <laughs> like bubbling up right now in our country. And there's a, uh, like black America is even divided on that. There's the, you know, that Martin and Malcolm sort of ideology of, well, maybe we should just find a more diplomatic way of dealing with this. And then the other side of us that I think that we could all even empathize with as black people, uh, the hurt side is like, man, let's just kill all of them. Let's just get rid of them. And that's not what, that's not the answer, but I empathize with the pain of, well, I'm hurt. So you hit me. So I hit you back type of thing. And that's like, well, also just like never being able to trust somebody. Like, how do you trust somebody who's fucked you over for 500 years? You know, like how, how is that ever rep? Like, how do you repair that? And especially when one side doesn't seem like it's interested in treating you better, you know, like it makes sense. And that's why like Killmonger, his, his state of mind is so relatable. Cause like you said, he's kind of not wrong. Because if we're looking at, you know, how we got to this state in the first place, it took a lot of killing and a lot of colonization and a lot of other evil things for us to even get to this point. And all I'm saying is, well, let's just go, you know, help these people that need help. And that might involve, you know, some violence. But I think this this is fair. This is fair, right? This, this is fair. <laughs> what I love about Killmonger in this movie, and I get what you're saying about the performance, because, but I think there's a layer to that performance that, if read differently, to me makes it stronger, which I, I sort of read into the last time I watched it, which is he's a wounded boy. He's a wounded child. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like that's because there's an immaturity to the way that he talks. That kind of like in in comparison to the other characters feels a little bit like uh, Scrappy Doo in a way. You know what I mean? Like he's got this like kind of almost cartoonishness to the way that he delivers these things. But he's trying to like he was hurt in that scene with his father is such a great scene because it's mm -hmm. like you see the pain. You see the pain of his father being like, man, I feel like I failed you. Um when in reality, like so many people failed him and like 
to be left behind and to be seeking that out and to literally kill your way to what you hope to be your um, your promised land is, uh, man, that's crazy. But uh, that's, that's a good point. It, yeah. I mean, on the flip side, though, Chachala's arc is so like one thing, because like, one of the other we I guess we can start to shift into the the character of T'Challa and, and Chadwick's performance, because one of the things people say is that he's overshadowed in this movie. Um, it's hard to play the an, an interesting lead in a superhero movie. I've decided that because most of the time. The superhero, the hero character's moral compass is very strong. And so, like, usually, like, the most interesting in arcs in the movies, in any movie, is someone who has to learn something to become a better person. Well, superheroes start off inherently good, usually, and are just trying to get their body to catch up with their heart and mind. And so, like, you know, Superman's good. Um, He never is not good. He just has to figure out how to beat the bad guy with his good. <laughs> and uh, I think what's interesting, T'Challa is inherently good. And so his arc isn't massive. Um, but it's to me, what makes it interesting is it's more of a change in ideology than it is a change in like his character, so to speak. Because I think everything that he does is, is in line with who his character mm-hmm. starts and ends as. But him being able to understand that his father did something wrong and that that just doesn't align with what it means to be good. And then him sort of calling his father the task on it and then doing the right thing. It's such a cool arc, but it also requires absolutely less like there's less of a shift in, in how he shows up. And so I, I think like what, what I find interesting about his performance, Chadwick's performance as T'Challa is like, he's so subdued that when he has that moment with his father, it really like it's stuck. It stays in my head. You know, you're all wrong. You're all wrong. Like uh, that moment. And then to see like that smile he has at the end when he meets that little boy um, is just so like, it's such a perfect uh, arc going all the way back to Civil War, where he just was in so much pain, and at the end of it, he's able to smile again. I don't know that 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 like I know it's more subtle, but to me, it takes a good actor to be able to pull that off and not have it be like kind of lame. <laughs> no, that that is a good point, and I mean even your point uh, to uh, Killmonger, like his performance, like. Um, that's a good, like, I know so many people that are that, that way that grew up in some of the worst circumstances, like where they have to overcompensate in order. And a lot of, I feel like a lot of males go through that. I went through that at 18 where I wanted to fight everybody. I don't even know why I wanted to fight everybody. And I remember I was in the military and I remember uh, one of my superiors, like, I did something I can't remember. And he's like, you know, you always got this attitude and you always want to be treated like a man, but you're going about it the wrong way. You think that being a man means that you try everybody and that you have to show everybody that you're not to be messed with or show everybody that you're tough or whatever the case is. And that's not really what a man is. That's what a boy thinks a man is. And, 
like because that's what we emulate. It's like when you put a kid behind the 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 steering wheel and you let them pretend like they drive. <laughs> they start doing all this crazy shit. Yeah, they just start turning because that's what they think driving is from a kid's perspective. And that's the same thing a boy is looking at older males and especially if they're looking at men that have like toxic masculinity or men that are like very mannish and very like the traditional idea of what you would think a man is. They see that and they replicate that as to what they think a man is supposed to be. So uh, that kind of makes, I guess that makes his performance even more, I guess maybe believable as Killmonger because I know people like that where they're overcompensating for something else for the lack of uh, a fatherly, a worldly father that they had a relationship with. So they look to other things to, you know, show them how to be uh, quote unquote a man. So it is like trying to be overly tough. Like, you work out a lot to beef yourself up, so to defend yourself from things, so nobody sees past the boy in you, right? Like you put up all these barriers and all these protectors to like save yourself from whatever situations that you come across. Not to just say that like Killmonger is not interesting. Killmonger is a foil um, of T'Challa in a lot of ways. Like he's, and I think. The, the sadness of T'Challa and when he lashes out at his father isn't like, I think it's because he sees that, like he sees what Killmonger could have been had he been nurtured and had support and resources. And there's like, and he's whole, he holds him like he holds him and he like, he's the last mm-hmm. person that sees him before he dies. And, there's no malice. There's no like, you know, there's no lording anything over. It's just pure empathy and compassion. I'm sorry, I'm getting upset. (laughs) But it's like pure empathy and compassion for like what you could have been had you had what I had. And I think in when we're talking about like the subdued nature of um, Chadwick Boseman's performance, like I was talking to my mom and she's just like, there's something about him. I don't, she's like, I don't know what it is. He just makes you feel calm. And it's just this, like, he's the eye of the storm. He's the calm. Um, and all the chaos that's happening around yeah. him. And there's something yeah. beautiful and, and prescient in, um, in Chadwick Boseman's performance of that care. It's perfect. Like that's exactly what Black Panther needed to be for this story, for this narrative of, trying to bring those two the, those two storylines together of here's this completely untouched uncolonialized beautiful perfect haven of blackness and then here's this poor damaged soul that had to exist in a society that only ever saw him as flawed and and lacking in some way and and it was like black panther's role in that story to make sense of that and Man, I can't, I don't, I mean, God, what soul for a superhero movie? I mean, yeah, like that, that, that connection, that, that, the, the the whole movie doesn't work if that, if he, if he doesn't carry that believability as he's both royal and approachable. He's both, um, 
superhero and like mourning his his father. Like there's so many layers he had to carry going into that movie. And he seems to do it with ease. And like that the I was reading um I don't know if y'all read what Michael B. Jordan wrote about him. Uh, Michael B. Jordan wrote a thing on his Instagram about Chadwick Boseman. And I didn't realize this, but I guess they were both on All My Children when they both, when, when, uh, when Michael B. Jordan was like 16. Oh, really? And uh, that's when they first met. He said, I was like 16, 17 when I met him. And uh, he said, even like then, like he looked up to him. He said he's looked up to him throughout his whole, ever since then. He's kind of like, they've been on each other that whole time. And it's so, it puts a whole new layer to me on the film itself to like think about that these guys have this relationship in real life of sort of big and little brother. And in the yeah. end, he is that to him. Like, like there's no animosity from Killmonger directly towards T'Challa. There never was. He lets it show at the end. Like you yeah. see his, his, um, his vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like you and your, like your cousin that like everybody has like, well, I won't say everybody, but like you'll have like that aunt that has that, that did well for herself or uncle or something that has money and you go to your cousin's <laughs> house and your cousin got all these toys. He got everything. He's got the bikes and everything. And that's what that is, is the, is the sort of resentment for the cousin that just has it a little bit better than you. And like, I, th I feel like that. And I mean, that's literally what it is. It's like my cousin, when I go over his house, he got everything. He got all, he got his own room. He got, I got to share a room with my sister and it's uncomfortable and we don't have that much space when we go back. My dad ain't here. Like, it, you know, like it's all these things. You got your family, you got your sister, you got all this stuff. And it's like, when he gets there, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily, he doesn't hate T'Challa. But there is this sort of resentment where it's like, I'm mad because not at you, but I'm mad that why did you get all of this? And I didn't like I could have had this, too. Like, I should have had this, too. Literally, he should have like, and um, why didn't you help he's, us? He's in the same family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you help us? And that's that's the thing that, I, again, I was listening to this interview a couple of days ago. They was talking about that. And that's kind of like the uh, the sentiment of uh, not all of black America. Some of us don't care. I, I I think about that too. Like it, it made me like ponder that same question. Like, yeah, why y'all ain't come back for us? Like, I mean, not to say that, you know, you're responsible for every single, you know, but yeah, kind of like a little bit, like you, you do feel like, uh, I don't, I don't feel like any, I don't even, and that's the other thing is I don't even know specifically where my family is from probably West Africa, I don't like more than likely. Um, but I don't know specifically exactly. I couldn't pinpoint where my family is from, but it's like, yeah, well, you, you do kind of start to think, well, like, well, yeah, well, what happened? Like, because if you're black, you know, the sort of, um, I guess you could call it spiritual. I don't know what the connection is, but mm. I, we, there is some sort of connection between black people. I don't know what it is. Mm. Uh, maybe everybody, maybe every human has that. I don't know. I'm just, I just know there's this thing when I see another black man in public where we yeah. acknowledge each other. Yeah. I don't know why nobody ever told me to do that. 
Nobody ever said that that was the rule. We just do it. I don't even know why we do that, but there's just something in us that we have to acknowledge each other. So it does go back to why you didn't come back. Yeah. Right. And however different your life experiences are from other black people you meet, you have the experience of being black in America, you know, just like, and it, like, that's that, what's that famous like book or something like, why do all the black kids sit together in the cafeteria or something like that? There's like a book or an essay. Um, but it's like, that's, it's the idea of ethnic enclaves. Like you want to feel like your fucking life means something. And so you sort of want to be around people who will acknowledge that. And let's be honest, like mainstream American culture hasn't always acknowledged that my life means something. And it certainly hasn't always acknowledged that your life means something. And so like, we, when, when you see somebody that looks like you and who shares that experience of being a second class American, like you fucking like, there's like a magnetism, you know, like I went to fucking white ass school and I, I never went there being like, I'm only talking to the other brown people, but it's like, you're drawn to each other because like, you know what it means to be looked over. You know what it means to not be seen as fully valid as, as, you know, as other people. And so like, you're like, it's validation. It's a validation of the self. Just to circle it back around to what's going on and what, what this movie means for the culture is that this connection between people, um, particularly black people, but I think, you know, uh, people of color have stories like that all the time, like the, the stories of, of our culture. Right. And, for black people, like even like the little things that you know were there for black people, like the hey auntie, you know what I mean? Like that got so many, like so much black love was just that little line. It was just there for comedic effect and people was like making shirts with it and all that because it was just some stuff you would never thought you'd hear in a Marvel movie. Yeah, And so like, it was such just like inside, what? Such an inside joke. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, and you know, you listen to Ryan Coogler. I don't know if y'all ever have watched interviews with Ryan Coogler, but people are always surprised when he opens his mouth. He, yeah, and it's somebody, difficult. Yeah, it's like, damn, that's how he talks. <laughs> because he he sounds like Oak. He sounds like right, Oaktown. Yeah. yeah, and like there's something that carried over to the screen about all of that authenticity. All that realness. Chadwick's not African, but he dedicated so much time to put it on an accent that was respect respectable. You know, like he even said that in that he's like, I gotta get this accent right. Mm -hmm. I gotta do, you know, like all these layers to what he's doing that he brought to the film because of that level of respect for the culture and knowing that what the film was was trying to do for the culture. Um it it, it sucks that that film had to carry so much, but it carried it well. There yeah. was a clip that I saw that was like, it cracked me up and I could never find it again, but it's like a short video of like, it's a group of like young, like maybe 20 something black people. And the, um, there's, they're looking at the big movie poster, like the one with, you know how the Marvels have like every single fucking character in the whole movie that they're on the poster. It was like the one for Black yeah. Panther. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like in front of it going, oh my God, like, this is how white people feel every day. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Have you seen that one? You don't no. see posters like that. You don't. 
Yeah. You still don't. With a bunch of black faces on there. Like, right. With a bunch of black faces, and they're all beautiful, and it's all, like, fucking everyone's excited about it, and, like, you know, and, and he's just, like, tripping out because he's like, this is how, this is what it's like to be white, to see yourself reflected as fucking superheroes and the, the people that other people want to be every single day. And that's the weight that this movie carried, and it fucking did it. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I I feel like I've heard people like trivialize like this movie and, you know, say things like, "Eh, it's not even real. It's fake. It's a superhero movie. It's a comic book. Like, it's not even real. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard people, I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that. And again, these are people that I don't think maybe fully understand uh, just the psychological nuance of just like black people, you know, growing up in America, just like how some, not all of us, because all of us have different experiences in America where you can talk to some black people and they don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, like they OJ Simpson, like they don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you're (laughs) talking about. I'm good. Like, and Mm -hmm. it's, and that's, that's the case. But then there's a lot of us that get it where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you, it is like everything is whitewashed when you, when you're growing up and maybe as a kid, you don't even necessarily, maybe you don't know how to articulate that hundred percent, but as you get older, it starts to become more obvious that everything around you is, is whitewashed, especially with this podcast, we go back and talk about old films and stuff that we, you know, love a lot of those films. Uh, are not, they're not representing us whatsoever. Like we're not in them. You know, for, for we didn't have a voice more. in telling the story, and that's the yeah. thing. It's like for so long, a certain group of people has told all the stories for all the people, and, yeah. and it's and like the, now we're getting to tell our stories a little bit more. You know, and it's good that this movie was, and I and like to those people, like this movie had to be successful because uh, so many times movie studios say, well, we can't do a movie that's all black because people don't want to see a movie where there's just all black leads. Like that's not what people want to see. And this movie proved them wrong. It says, well, no, like that's first of all, that's a ridiculous idea anyway. But I mean, if you look at the success of this movie, it's like, yeah, people just want to see good movies. I think like, I think you guys think like, I know you guys are doing crunching these numbers and analytics and it's like, well, when we put out these black films, they don't do as well. The, you know, the, the, the C movie black films that they do put put money behind and they put out, it's like, well, only black people go see those. It's like, yeah, because those are not really good movies. Like they're C movies. If you make a great movie with a black cast, everyone will watch it. Like regardless, there's, there's something to being able to see yourself that it maybe you don't think about it because you see yourself everywhere. So it's not, it's not something in your mind that registers as being a problem because it's like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. They don't, it's people don't, it's a, it's not, it's not even in your mind. Cause it's just so, you know, and anytime it does show up, it's, it's considered to be uh social, you know, social justice. And well, like, like in this movie? it's interesting that, <laughs> well, any, any time, any time, like star Wars, like, star Wars, oh, yeah. there's a girl Jedi. Therefore that's, you know, forced. 
or, or they use words that imply that in, if anything is not white, that it's being forced in. And it's like, nah, have you looked around the world? Like yeah. it's literally, you really, you literally have to force something to be all white because that's not what the world actually looks like. And so the, it, it's so backward, you know, like to think that. It's called gaslighting. <laughs> I'm curious when they, I remember like seeing people post like woods, Wakanda, it's not even real. And I'm like, oh yeah, like fucking, is Captain America real? Thor, fucking Asgard's real? Asgard's real? Fuck off. Like, get out of here. Like, it's a... We know it's not real. That's, a, that's <laughs> the stupid part, because, yeah, we know it's not real, but, I mean, look how many people have connections, meaningful connections to Star Wars. It's a story. Indiana Jones or The Matrix or whatever movie you can think of that's a fictional tale that just it's art and this is art and art is this is why art is so important is because like it reveals things within our society that and and ma it, it makes it more palatable right like it's easier for people to digest the messages in a movie about a guy with superpowers than it is for them to handle people out in the streets holding up signs and like it's it's much easier for them to digest some of that stuff and it's like you kind of got to put the medicine in the food with some of this stuff. Like everybody's not going to res respond to just flat out pro, you know, protest. Like that makes some people uncomfortable and that's the point of it. And they don't, they are not open to actually even hearing the message because of the way the message is being delivered. If it's delivered in a way that yeah, like about people with powers and stuff, fine. Okay. This is why art is necessary. That's the whole point of all of this is like, like we got nothing but narratives. It's the only thing we sure don't have control over reality. We have control over the stories we tell. And that's, that's what's so meaningful. And that's why we, that's why we're fucking sitting here talking about movies every week is because movies are stories and stories shape reality. Uh, we, we sort of organically went into it so we can kind of wrap up in this, in this space, but of like the cultural impact and like, uh, you know, it's interesting to me because I have I'm of two minds about Black Panther's cultural impact. Like, there's the obvious cultural impact that we've been talking about throughout most of this conversation, um, and then there's the Afrofuturism, African futurism sort of impact of Afrofuturism's been around for a long time, but uh, Black Panther sort of reinvigorated that. And, and as its popularity, particularly among people of color and black people, um, our authors like N.K. Jemison and, and folks are getting more attention now than ever. Octavia Butler is being revisited a lot. Like uh, it's it's doing that within the culture. But I have one. My biggest issue with the cultural impact of Black Panther is that it seems to be in spite of um that may be a harsh way to say it, but I'm just going to say it that way. It seems to be in spite of Disney and Marvel's plans for it because, you know, I sort of, because after learning about what Chadwick Boseman was going through, um, I, I now understand why they didn't announce Black Panther two or anything like that. Like it's, it's, but it's possible that they're aware of that, but here's what I took is I've, I've taken issue with since that movie came out. Where's the like Black Panther video game. Where's the like Black Panther in Fortnite? They just put Marvel characters in Fortnite. Black Panther's not one of them. Again, they've done that three times now. 
where's the like Disney plus Nakia or Okoye series? Like what you capitalize on literally every character or property, but for some reason you just put out one black Panther movie and kind of didn't do anything with the biggest solo film you've ever made. It just boggles. It has boggled my mind ever since. Yes. You have lots of action figures that came out late. Like I remember they made a thing about that, how the, all the merchandise was like, it came out late and was in low supply because they did not expect the movie to do what it did. Cool. But like the the Lego sets were lacking. I remember we had a hard time finding like the Lego sets. There was a few of them. There weren't a lot. Um, and it's like you you could make like my son Ezra was always talking about like oh how cool would a Black Panther video game be like mm-hmm. the more you get shot the more energy you build up and then you like I'm like yeah that would be dope um, <laughs> like what you you just announced all these TV series Falcon mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier uh, all this stuff it's like you could have easily spun off one of the five to six really interesting characters in that movie and done something. And it's just like, it seems weird that they've sort of just let it be this phenomenon and not done more with it. Maybe they just don't know what to do. Like maybe but it's so easy. You know what? That's not even an excuse anymore for them. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to say it as a defense, but I'm saying like, like when we were talking about princess and the frog and we were like, why did they do this? And it's like, maybe they were afraid. Like maybe they're in some sort of territory where they are afraid of like being offensive or making the wrong move. And so they're like not doing anything, which is also, also the wrong move. I don't well, know. See, they actually, don't... It's funny. Be, it's funny though, because they actually did the right thing with black Panther. They got a black film director, like to come in and put the story together yeah, they did the right thing with this. They made all the right moves with the exception of like maybe uh, underestimating it. Maybe that's the only yeah. fault that I could even say that they had with this was underestimating it. Everything else, I feel like they they did it justice. Like what we talked about with uh, Princess and the Frog, where I was listening to the episode and at the end, we're kind of just like, yeah, just go watch Black Panther. Like, because they did it. <laughs> This, this it lived up to our expectations is is what we're saying is like this lived up to what we thought it could be and it did that and it's like well if you if you or you know did that i know you can just get lucky it's like it, you guys put the right pieces together to make a good movie like you know how to make a good movie like you you could and like you said it's strange because it's Disney. You guys capitalize on right. everything. Like that's what it's you. So weird. I mean, maybe me. they don't know what to do. Like maybe they did know about the diagnosis. And to be fair, right now I could see them not knowing what to do because now, yes, right now. And, and if maybe they knew, like you saying, Tony, beforehand, that might actually make sense if they kind of had some sort of heads up, and they like they're like, well. This is such a, a iconic character for people. He was so it was so successful. Now is the time where you could fuck it up. Like before, like you you already passed the you know you, you did you did the right thing and you made a, a great film. Now is the time where you could mess this up a little bit by going in one direction or the other. So right now I can see them being kind of like not knowing what to do. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like 
now, now, like literally now, now yes. Like, but like, yeah. but like, look, here's my here's my thing. If I'm tracking the timeline, <laughs> you put <laughs> you put Black Panther in Infinity War, and you knew. Here's the thing: when Endgame came out, you knew they at that point because because Black Panther came out then Infinity War, which didn't give them time to do much aside from set that scene in Wakanda, which was probably always going to be the case. Um, but in Endgame, in Endgame, when the portals open up, who comes out first? You know what I mean? Black Panther's the first one out, and it gets this big pause and this big booming like audience response every single time. You go and look at those reactions when he steps out of that portal. Um, they knew what they had at that point. You know what I mean? Like... And they were still using, like, they were still using. And what I'm saying is they use side characters. Like, you're making a Hawkeye. You're making a Hawkeye Disney Plus series. <laughs> like, man, you better, you better, gra- <laughs> you better grab Nakia or somebody. Like, yeah, I want to see a Shuri and a Koye. Shuri, oh, my God. Like, Shuri, you. I want to see Shuri. You I could make such Koye. a great. Can you imagine if they just did a Disney Plus series with Shuri? Okoye Shuri, and Okoye Nakia. And Nakia. <laughs> they, there's stuff they could they could do still, but there's stuff they could have done. I get now. Now they probably do have to. They have to roll it back and think about what they want to do. And I don't even want to get into what they should do. Yeah, I don't, I don't like either. The space like, for that. Time, but yeah. I'm just I'm just disappointed that during the time from Black Panther till now, we never heard about any anything like. The video game thing keeps popping in my head because I'm like, that's so easy. Like they put Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor and uh, She-Hulk in Fortnite right now. She ain't even. You in couldn't no put movies. Black. Pa- she ain't in none of the movies. <laughs> She-Hulk. Right. I mean, it's great. It's great that she's there, you know. But like, <laughs> it just, it just like, seems like you would take a. I just a, can't even. I can't even like. <laughs> It's so easy. It's so it would be so easy to just throw him in because it's not even the movie versions. It's like the cartoonish kind of comic <laughs> versions. Just throw him in. Like I just I just feel like they're they're doing the same thing they were doing leading up to the movie, which is not having enough faith that the fandom will 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 embrace this. And it's like you know now that that the folks will. And now I mean, you know, now it's it's way more compl- complex, but. Um, I I do feel like the the world, the zeitgeist, is so powerfully impacted by that movie, by Chadwick, by everything that was done there. Um, that maybe that's why I'm so angry and passionate about that. Is like I want more, you know, and uh, my kids want more, and yeah. like it's so beautiful to want more of this because we got it, you know. Yeah. It's like we said before, we only get like one of these every, you know. That's <laughs> so sad. And it's there, like. Yeah. <laughs> no. There's our Ritz. There's our Ritz. I was, uh, I, and I guess to be fair, like uh, there, there is a, a lot more black filmmakers now, and maybe they just don't get the, you know, the same spotlight on them as, you know, obviously a major. Uh, Disney movie because you know it's Disney so so I guess it's not fair to say we only get one of these a year but it's just like I guess maybe these big Hollywood blockbuster ones and maybe we need to change our thinking I don't know maybe we need to support more of these smaller films that come out that we just decide not to go see I'm crossing my fingers for a Chicana 
superhero. Yeah, that's what my, my a friend of mine was saying. I was like, uh, a Latino brother I know. He was like, he was like uh, asking me because he knows I'm a comic book nerd. He's like, any of us gonna show up anytime soon? <laughs> I was like, I mean, you got no one of you know Nova, Nova. He's he's a Latino kid, America Chavez. I don't, I don't know, man. I be fingers crossed. <laughs> um, but I'm yeah, waiting. it's. Uh, listen, that's that's what Wakanda is all about, building our own. That's what I take away from that. Like, what does it look like if we just build our own? You know, and uh, I feel like that that part of it, that theme, um, maybe that's what we carry over too. Is we don't continue to expect Disney to spoon feed it to us because yeah, um, that's, that's not their priority. All people of color should support each other. Like, like in that way, like I, and it's, I'm not black, but I, this movie means something very special to me too. And I'm not saying it means the same thing, but like the idea, I remember like, this is so stupid or maybe it sounds stupid, but like when, when Barack Obama won the first time, like, and I voted and I had my little Obama t-shirt on, like it was so dumb. I was just like, that's somebody that looks more like me than anybody else that's been up there before. And like, maybe that's stupid, but like the, <laughs> but the experience of like, you know, like this, this is a person who knows what it's like to be treated like, or to, to be perceived by people as like, not fully American or you're something other than what it means to be American. Like that was meaningful to me, even though I'm not exactly in the same category. Um, I think, you know, and I hope that I, and I will always do my best to like support um, good art, but also just like, especially good art um, by people who haven't got the platform or who haven't had access to the platform before. And God, what a pleasure um, this movie was and what a loss um, to lose somebody so talented and who, and I was telling my boys, like they came home and I was like, did you guys hear what happened? And we kind of talked about it and, I was like, I'm sad, you know, he, he meant, he brought like his art, his performance brought so much joy to people. And I, and I know people are like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Artists or whatever, who cares? They're just a bunch of rich people. And I just, you know, I don't think that's true. Um, I think that's maybe true of some people, but, um, but it, it meant a lot to me as somebody with darker skin, you know, and I'm not trying to, no, to count yeah, myself as anything, but, but it does, you know, I, I, I feel, I feel a camaraderie or like a, you know, a, like a, some level of shared experience. So I think that's important. Too. Yeah, for sure. And I'm with you, Tony. Like I don't buy into like the people that say that they don't, uh, representation doesn't, it's not a, a thing or doesn't mean anything that who cares. Basically it's sort of just kind of this trivial thing. It means something because if you, if you turn the tables and you see a lot less white people and a lot of, a lot of stuff, it's going to be like, well, wait a minute. Why, why, what's going on? <laughs> like, it, it'll be a problem. People wouldn't lose their shit so and, badly if, if it didn't mean only, anything. <laughs> yeah. If you, exactly. if you only saw everything that came out was black, everywhere you turned around was black. Everything you, every time you turn on any TV, all the news anchors are black. All the actors are black on the TV. When you go to the store, everybody, all the 
people you see on the on the stuff that you buy, cereal boxes, they're all black. If you're white, at some point you're gonna start to be like, Can we get some, you know, <laughs> can we get some people mm-hmm. that that look like you're gonna say that? Like, I don't care who right. you are. Like at some point is you're gonna notice that like this is not what the world looks like. This is just weird. So I'm yeah. with you. Like, like, like she said, like the, this movie is like, it is, it is like powerful. His performance is powerful. Like it, it, it inspired me like same thing, the same way, like uh, when Kobe passed inspired me to be like, man, uh, these are people that, uh, I, 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 I could never aspire to be Kobe just because he, that's just a different level of human being that I don't think that most people have what he has. <laughs> Yeah. It's just a rare human that mostly doesn't exist for the most part. And right. but like just those figures that you see, like it, it makes you want to uh do something, like leave your, you know, mark behind. And uh to quote like Hamilton is like history has his eyes on all of us. Like, what do we do? What are you doing? And this is a guy that the, the, the most fascinating part about him is he did all of this stuff and and he didn't really highlight he wasn't trying to highlight it he would just go do stuff and it, it wasn't about uh, the glorification of him he actually just wanted to do things that were meaningful and meant a lot to you know the people he was trying to uh, interact with even with these films like I would see him he was so humble I would see him yeah. do interviews and we would laugh because I'm like, I know he's tired of this Black Panther stuff. Right. Everywhere he goes, it's just <laughs> the Wakanda forever. Everybody, yeah. yeah. And I could, and I could tell that he, he, he never like. I never saw him, at least from what I saw, catch an attitude with anybody or just like right. wave anybody. Oh no, God! Like, I think he understood. I think he understood yes. what it meant, you know, to all of us. You know what what he did, what they all did. I think they understood. Uh, the weight of of what they created, and it's like I get why y'all still talking about this. Like, it's this means a lot, and he again his humbleness, like it it makes you again it it should inspire you to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah. I mean, that's, that's I think that's a good place for us to to close out. Like, I I, I think what. We ask ourselves what our legacy is going to be, and I know that he he told that story about how he prayed to play the Black Panther, um, and that like it was something that he wanted so badly, um, and he got it, and he carried it, and carried it through what were probably what were definitely were at least the most physically challenging years of his life. Um, it means a lot and it means even more now that we know, but it meant a lot before we knew. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's so much we could say about this movie. There's so much we could say about, um, Chadwick, um, that, you know, we probably didn't say, but, um, we definitely feel it. (laughs) Um, this movie means a lot to me. I can tell it means a lot to y'all too. Um, so, uh, 
obviously this is not your usual episode of <laughs> your favorite movie is racist. Uh, we'll be back to that soon enough, but um, just really honored and excited to get to talk about um, a movie and a person that uh, had an impact on all of us. Um, if you have, you know, a story or, or if this movie or if Chadwick Boseman impacted you in some way, please feel free to, to join the conversation in the comments. Feel free to share and, and talk about this. Um, I've been watching like videos and tributes and stuff left and right um, for the past few days. I plan to revisit a lot of his filmography, watch some of the things I haven't seen um, and really just uh, have a moment. You know, have a moment in love and respect for somebody who did a lot of great things. Um, so this is Two Blacks and a Mexican, and we will see you next time. 